I'm going to take the offering. And so, yeah, Tuli, I said this is this, this is a missions week, uh, time of the month. And uh, and this week is we've set apart this week as uh, as for the for the Pastor Shishko and the work in Croatia. I'm just going to go ahead and introduce him right now and speak this. Uh, um, Pastor, I've got to know. Oh man, I've asked six, five, six years ago now. One times I was driving right through uh, Zagreb, Croatia, with Radovan and and Pastor took us uh, to eat lunch, and Radovan told me, he said, uh, Rick, you will like this guy. He's like you. Uh, you know, and that's scary in certain ways. And he might not, Pastor might not receive that, but, but you know, just, Radovan was talking about, there's a stickler Radovan knows in my heart that, uh, that I'm a place that I really want to believe God things are right and see things are right. And uh, Pastor is uh, a church, Pastor is the main church in Croatia, um, uh, Word of Life in uh, Zagreb, which is the capital of Croatia. But he's an apostle that has planted uh, 15, 16 churches uh, around the rest of the nation of Croatia. And uh, also they're just launched out into Bosnia, into Sarajevo, which is now really pretty strongly uh, entrenched in, in uh, Islam. Pastor was a was a former Muslim. Uh, in there, God saved him and and uh, brought him out of it. And but then the crazy thing is, is he was raised up in former Yugoslavia, which was a uh, communist nation at the time. And he got saved. And he's one of these radical, crazy Jesus guys. Um, he just uh, he and a other group of people preached the gospel on the streets. They would preach the gospel, put him in jail, pay the fine, let him out. And they would preach the gospel, put him in jail. And uh, so he's just known to pay the price for the gospel. And the reality is, you know, here in America, we can, we can, in how we do worship and stuff like that, it, you know, it has, it has an effect and, and it determines a lot. But for them, I just, I know this is so true, why they are so aggressive in worship and prayer, be honest with you, their lives depend upon it. And, uh, and so that some of the things that he'll speak to us, y'all, may see sometimes seem hard, but I'll be honest with you. That's why I love him coming here, because I don't, I really like to be around people that's going to tell me like it is. And, uh, and so, um, he'll speak, uh, from things that just how he sees them in the spirit. And it's very, very important for us to hear it because he only is here a short time with us and it's important for us to process it. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I'm very thankful that I am here. I'm thankful to Pastor. I'm thankful to all the church. You have shown me great hospitality, and I trust, I don't know if this is working, but I trust that I will be a blessing to you. When, when Pastor Rick is speaking to me about some things, and for example, when I was coming over here, I was thinking, what, what can I give to them? You know, I feel like I don't have nothing to give to you. And then I speak with him, and he said, this is very good. And I see he's confirming that, and then I am happy. And I feel like, okay, I can, I can say something good also, and I can add something good. Hallelujah. So today, I would like just to speak a few things before I go into the world. How long do we have? How much time do we have? Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, uh, um, I would like to speak to some of you. I don't know to whom it is, but I would like to remind you that the Lord asks us to forgive. It is uh, His command. It is His demand for us. If there is anything between you and somebody else, and you are holding the grudges back, the Lord is asking you to release that person, to say, I forgive him, I forgive her, I want, him, I want her to be blessed. You always forgive in the way that you want what God wants for you. Hallelujah. You, you pray the blessing over the people that you want that God will bless you. In a sense that everything I want God to do for me, I want that He will do it also for them. And I feel like somebody needs to release something. And to release somebody, hallelujah, so that the blessing will come upon you. And also, God will be able to work in, in the life of that person. So if you are that person, I don't know who is that. 
I really would like to encourage you, forgive. Don't hold anything back. Just give that person to the Lord. Don't worry about anything else. You bless that person and God will do good things in your life. Because I feel like the, this unforgiveness is holding you from your blessing. And God wants you to do that. So I would encourage you very much to, to do that. Hallelujah. The other thing I would like to share, there are many things that I would like to share with you this morning. And what I really would like to speak is about uh, uh, apostolic mindset. I would like to speak about apostolic believers. Hallelujah. I believe that every believer is called to be apostolic. I'm not saying he is called to be an apostle. He is called to be apostolic. Hallelujah. That means he or she can move with the Spirit of God into things that God is sending him or her. Or have put them into what God wants them to do and wants them to be. And I know that many times when we do not have apostolic mind, what happens for us is that we don't reach what God wants us to reach. We don't cross over into the things that God has for us. And that's why it is so important for us as believers to have an apostolic mind. And I will explain little by little what I mean by apostolic mind. There are several different things, and I would like to focus specially on one of them, and it is being into unity. That means you personally in being in unity with God. You are on the page where God is, and God is taking you into the direction that you, you need to be. So it is one thing to be in unity with God, but it is another thing also that God wants us to be, is to be in unity with the brothers and the sisters. And when we are in unity with the brothers and the sisters, we position ourselves in these two things in an extraordinary way where God can bless us and bring us to anything that He has for us. Many times when we break this unity, either to our God or either to our brothers and sisters, we are coming out from the blessing that God has for us. And we are staying short of the glory of God. And that is not what God wants for us. And what I am saying when I am saying that we need to be connected to each other, that means also that we need to be connected and in unity with the church. Hallelujah. With the church that God has established and that God has put us into. And God has ordered from the eternity, He has ordered the ways how He is working the things upon the face of the earth. Many times we want Him to do certain things, but we do not cooperate with Him, so He will be able to do things in our lives. We can stop God to do anything in our lives that we desire or pray for. By the way, we order, order ourselves. And that's why it is so important for us that we order ourselves well and the right and in unity with God and in unity with our brothers and sisters. If you will, uh, uh, I would like to remind you uh, of the things that the Lord brought the uh, Jews out from Israel. It was His sovereign will that He brought them out and He gave them great victories in bringing them out. When they came to the, uh, to the Red Sea, he opened the Red Sea and gave him such a wonderful and great victory that they came dancing on the other side. They were singing and praising the Lord because of what the Lord has done for them. But you know what? Even he gave them several victories after that. They have walked for 40 years around the wilderness. They walk out instead to walk in into what God has for them. And I believe one of the reasons, and there are several reasons, but one of the reasons is they were not united with the vision that God had for them, and they were not united in leadership and as a people together. And they did not have apostolic mindset. If we want to come in what God has for us, we need to have this apostolic mindset. Hallelujah. And this is what apostolic mindset brings to us. He brings to us recognition. We recognize what God is doing and how God is doing. And also, we accept what God is doing and how God is doing. 
And what we recognize, we recognize the order that God sets. Hallelujah. With God is the God of order. And if we do not recognize the order of God, we are not going to be blessed in the way God wants us to be blessed. The order of God creates an atmosphere for the blessing of God. The order of God creates the atmosphere for the blessing of God. When you break the order of God, you cut yourself short from the blessing of God that God has for you. We can read about that in many different places, but one of the places I would like to remind you is in the Numbers chapter 13, when the spies came out to spy the land, they came back, and as they came back, what happened? They were not in agreement with God's will and what God wanted to do with Israel. So they said, we cannot conquer that land and we cannot come and overtake that land. Well, that was what they thought. God said they can. And the people that were in unity with God, they were saying, we can do it. God will give us the victory and we will overcome and we will take this land. The reason why the, some people could not, uni- could not unite with God was because they did not have the faith and they were afraid of the people. Without spirit of faith and with the fear in our hearts, we can, ne- we can never come into the things that God has for us. Hallelujah. And this is something very, very important. We need to develop, we need to cherish Spirit of faith in our lives. I wish I can speak about that this time, but I I am not able to speak about that. But then another thing also about order of God, when you break the order of God, you come out from the unity. And uh, when you have this unity, then you have division, then you have competition, then you have murmuring, then you have all kind of strife among the believers. And not just among the believers, but also among the leaders. And this is something very, very destructive that we cannot and should not allow in our lives or we should not allow it in our churches. We can see about these things in the Numbers 12 chapter when Miriam, sister of Moses, came against him together with Aaron. And they spoke against Moses, they stood against him, and God came back and he confronted Miriam and he, he, he actually put the sickness upon herself. This was the division that was very, very strong, and it was bringing division later with the ten spies and also actually with the Korah, Datan, and Abiram, which is very, very a very tricky situation that holds them back from the blessing of God. How many of you would like to be in the blessing of God? Now, if we want to be in the blessing of God, we should never allow these things to come into our lives. What they did really, they fought against God's order, and God's order was that the Moses and Aaron will lead the people of Israel into what God has for them. But they said, no, we don't want Moses, we want to make ourselves equal to Moses. And we want to stay together and lead together these people to the promised land. Well, they did not really want together. They wanted to take the place of Moses. And this brought division into the, let's say, church, Israelite church. And really, it stopped them from the blessing that God had for them. And uh, they broke... When one very important thing, and that is the unity of God's order. Hallelujah. God is a God of unity. God can bless the people that are in unity with Him and that are in unity with each other. If we don't have the unity, we will have a much, 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 much smaller blessing. Hallelujah. And this is something very, very important. You know, to bring them into unity, you can read in the chapter 17 in, in, uh, in uh, Numbers 
how Moses was instructed by God to bring the, all the leaders of the all tribes of Israel together, and he asked from, from all of them that one leader will give one staff. And he put all the twelve staff, and he put them into Ark of the Covenant, and then the, the, the staff of Aaron, it blossomed. And as it blossomed, what happened? God said, I choose whom I want to choose and put in the place that I want to put in the place. And that was the moment when Israelites started to learn about God's order. They did not go all the way at once with that, but, but they started to learn and they started to come back to the place where God, what God had for them. And from that time, we can see in several instances forward till the chapter 25, how really they, they were getting, crossing over to the place where God really could bless them. And the place where they really crossed over was when, when Balak and Bilam they had agreement and prophet has taught the king how to deceive Israelites and how to release the curse among the, among the Israelites. So king sent the ladies out to be together with the Israelites. And as this scene was developing, Moses and the others saw it and the Moses said, we must do something. And I asked from every leader to take a charge and punish the man who was doing wrong. And what happened was that really Pinhas, son of Eleazar, the priest, he took the spear and he killed the man that was doing the sin. And this was something very important. You will find out as you read the Bible that Miriam never repented for her sin. Ten spies never repented for their sins. God has to punish the Mayhem and the ten spies and the rest of the people that were following them, they were punished by their enemies. And then Korah, Datan and Abiram, they were punished by, the, by God, that God opened the, uh, the uh, earth and they fall into that. And after that, what happened, so Korah and the others, they did not repent. And after that, first time we see that people are repenting is after Moses started to teach them about unity and God's choice. About God's order and how God sets the things out. And in the chapter 29, 25, which I mentioned to you, when Pinhas took that spear and he killed the man that was in the scene, what happened, it was the first time that people not just repented, but they have punished the scene themselves. And there is a big truth to that. God will not move in your life and bring you over into fullness of your victory until you punish the sin and take charge of that. And you know what is happening today in the church? Everybody in the church, you know, don't want to speak about sin. They don't want to say this is the sin. They don't want to confront the sin. And we are saying all, you know, that is his or her thing. But you know, it is not his or her thing, it is our thing. Because one man can make whole nation to stay out of the blessing of God. Remember Achan, how he stole the silver and the gold, and whole nation could not get the victory that was rightly belonging to them. So what is important? It is important that in the church we start to do what is right. And that doesn't mean to be judgmental or critical and look after everybody, you know, and point her or his sins. But it means when the major things happen, we need to stand together and say, this is not right. And we need to bring God in if we want to have the blessing that God has for us. Now, this kind of mindset is not in the church very much. We are all being so humanistic. We are all being, you know, well, this is, uh, let me tell you this. I was reading a book and, uh, and the writer wrote and he wrote about 
how Martin Luther wrote to Erasmus this thing. He said to Erasmus, which was very smart, very intelligent man, he said to him, Erasmus, your God, your God is so much human that he is not God anymore. And I must tell you that many believers today have a humanistic God. Not God as God is, but they have made a God that conforms to their image which they have in their own life. And they said, you know, God is like this, God is like this, because they like these things and they don't like these things. And this God that they speak about is a God of love, he is a good God, and He is a merciful God. And I say to all of that wonderful Amen. That is a great truth. These are very, very important messages from the Word of God. But you know what? God is not only that. God is more of than that. God is a God of wrath. God is a judge of all the earth. God is a righteous God. And when I said that God is a God of wrath, many people stand back. And you see, when you speak that God is going to punish all the people and put them in the hell, people say, oh, I don't want to speak about that. I don't think of God like that. But let me tell you, God is just like that, and He is going to send the people to hell for the sins and the, uh, their a heart which have hardened toward the message of the gospel, toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is very, very important situation. Many believers today don't believe in the wrath of God. But let me tell you, that is the truth of God as, the, as is the truth that God is love. You see, God must punish unrighteousness. God must punish the sin. Many times we have our own humanistic mindset of God. And this is the situation, you know. We think and we say, you know, God is loving, God is forgiven, God is good, you know. And, you know, there is no punishment with God and things like that. And we are really deceiving ourselves. Let me tell you, there is a punishment with God. And let me tell you this. What would you do to a man that has raped the children, that has raped the ladies, that has killed men after one after another? And he comes to the court before the God, and then, you know, God said, you know, I am loving, I am forgiven, and I am good. You just go and do what you want. How the people that were raped, how the mother of the child that was raped, how the people which parents and brothers were killed, how they will react, what they will say of God. Would they say God is good? Is it righteous to forgive to person that is not asking for forgiveness or not repenting for his or her sin and goes from that place to do the same thing that he did before? You see, God is a moral God. God is an ethical God. God is a righteous God. If God would not punish the man that does such things, God wouldn't be God. Because God is a perfect, and God's wrath is a God's perfection. It is not something wrong. It is not something to be thrown. It is something that should bring the fear of God into our life, which is the beginning of the wisdom. And there are many people in the church today that do not have the fear of God. And that's why we are lacking the wisdom in the church. And we have all kinds of craziness happening with all different kinds of people which are saying we are believers. Why? Because there is no fear of God. And we need the fear of God in the church. Hallelujah. That's something extra that I was not thinking to share with you this morning. Hallelujah. Okay. This is, this is very, very important to understand. Sometimes our God is so humanistic, He is not God anymore. And if you have that in your life today, I would like to ask you, change your picture of God. Let your God be the God that Bible is explaining that He is. It's God really who is saying who He is. 
it's not us saying who God is. It's God really. He's the one that is saying who He is. And I would like just to remind you of this scripture, for example, in Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24. Hallelujah. Then says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord. Hallelujah. And this word Lord, too many times we take too easy. We don't understand what does it mean. That means... He is the one that is ruling ever, over everything and that He is the one who is really over us and if He is our Lord, he could, say us, he could say to us, jump and we are supposed to jump. He could say to us, lay down and we are supposed to lay down if we confess Him as a Lord. And then He says forward from that, that uh, uh, behold the... Well, sorry, I'm reading wrong scripture. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, and that is wonderful, hallelujah. And then it says judgment and righteousness on the face of the earth. And I delight in these things, says the Lord. I delight in righteousness, judgment, and loving kindness. So, you see, if you don't understand who really God is, you cannot trust God. If you don't understand who God is, you cannot have the faith. Because your faith is dependent upon who God is. And if you don't know who God is, you cannot really believe Him. You will be wandering out. Oh, I hope I can believe Him. But when you know who He is, then you can trust Him completely. You can surrender to Him. And these things are very important things that God wants us to have. And we need to understand that God is a God of judgment. And one day, you and I, we are going to stand before Him and He is going to judge us. Oh, but pastor, I don't like that. You know what? If we do right, we will stay happily there. But why want to ask if we are living in sin? And if we are doing what is wrong in the sight of God? Then He cannot bless us. Even we are saying, you know, Oh, God, bless me, bless me, bless me, bless me. He is going to bless the obedience. He is going to bless the people that understand Him and work according to His ways. And His ways are for the church and the believers to work in holiness and in unity. That's what He really wants for us. Hallelujah. To work in holiness and in unity. If we don't have that, then we are falling out from what God wants for us. Hallelujah. And here are some very important things. I'm lost somewhere in my notes. Hallelujah. Here are very important things that we really need to understand about unity. The, uh, in Ephesians 4, uh, third chapter, the, the word is saying to us, maintain the unity of the Spirit. The Spirit, Holy Spirit, is urging us through Apostle Paul to maintain the unity of the Spirit. If I keep the unity with the Spirit of God, and if I keep the unity in the Spirit with my brothers and my sisters, I believe the anointing of the Lord is going to be released in a such a great way that the needs will be met before we pray for them. Healings will happen before we ask for the healing. Deliverance will come before we ask for deliverance. Because the unity brings great, great, great measure of God's anointing. And this is really something very, very important. I would like to remind you of the scripture. You all know these scriptures. And in a Second Chronicle chapter 5, we are reading about the dedication of the temple... And the priest and the other people came together. And from the 
verse 12, it says, And the Levites, who were the singers, all those of Asap and Haman and Yedutun, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing all these names and saying this in wrong way, but I hope you, you know it yourself in the right way. With their sons and their brethren stood at the east and of the uh, east end of the altar, clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps, and with them one hundred and twenty priests standing with the trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass when the trumpeters and singers were as one, and this is what I would like really to, to, for you to see. They were together as one to make one sound to, to be heard in praising and, and uh, thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voices with the trumpeters and cymbals and instruments of music and praises, the Lord saying, for He is good and for His mercy endures forever. Then the house of the Lord was filled with the cloud so that the priest could not continue ministering because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Why did the glory of the Lord fill the house of God? Because they were together as one. They were of one mind they were or one heart, and they were doing all the same thing. Many times we do not understand that we are called to pull the rope in the same direction. And in the church you will come when sometimes this person is pulling the rope this way, and this person is pulling the rope this way, and then you are wondering why there is no anointing, why there is no power, why there is no moving of the Spirit of God. God moves in the church where there is a unity, where people come together as one. And it needs to come from the leaders down all the way to every believer. It needs to come through the man that stands here and speaks and the man that sings and plays the instruments here. If we do not bring the unity in the church, we will not release the anointing of the Spirit. The glory of God comes where the unity exists. And we need to work upon the unity. We don't need to be clones of each other, but we need to come together in unity as the brothers and the sisters with the vision and the purposes of God for this community, for this church. If we do that, if you do that, and each church does that, you know what? There will be such an anointing upon the churches that people will run into the church and the Spirit of the Lord and the angels of the Lord will pull so many people in the church that it will be amazing. Unity is so important. Unity really is something that God wants in the church. Then we read in the Bible about the unity that they have in the, in the, in the, in the Acts. And Acts, when you study it, and when you, when you read it, in so many places, you will find this word in one accord or together, which speaks actually about unity. The church needs to come in one accord. First scripture that we can find in the Acts is 1.14, and it says like this, This all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, and Ma Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. You can see here this word again in one accord. There were quite few people there, about 120 people there, and they were all in one accord. And this word one accord, it also means in harmony, and it also means as one soul. 120 people as one man. 120 people as one person. They all had their mind, they had, all had their desire, they all had their will going in the same direction, and they were, to say so, all pull, pulling the same rope in the same direction. 
And because they were in this kind of unity, the Lord could outpour or He could pour out the Spirit of the Lord on the day of the Pentecost. If we want that anointing, we must come together as a church in unity. Then, when the preaching is coming out, we can see in the second chapter, in first verse, Again it says, when the day of the Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. They were all in one accord in one place. They were as one in one accord. They were not playing, one was playing this accord, and this other was playing this one, and they were all mixed together and confused. No, they were as one person. They were as one soul. Hallelujah. And because of that, the Lord could pour the anointing. Then we read in the verse 14, but Peter standing up with the eleven, I have this translation, the other translation said, together with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, and then he starts to preach. You see, when Peter stepped out to preach the word of God, there were 11 people standing together with him. And they were basically all holding his hands and giving him support in what he was doing. And in the church, sometimes we are missing on that. Pastors come to preach, you know, and we stand and we do our own thing, something else at the other place. And you see, there is not this togetherness, and that's why there is not such anointing that pierces the hearts and brings the revelation to people. So they run forward and they ask brothers what we are supposed to do. Tell us what we are supposed to do. There is not that anointing because there is not this togetherness. And the last scripture from the Acts that I would like to show you, but it's not only one that you can find, and it's in chapter 4, 24. They were, uh, John and Paul, they were prosecuted, they were in jail, they came back, and now they are together with the believers, and they are praying together. And this is what the word is saying. So when they heard that they, uh, 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 when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, you are God, and so on and so on. You see, they raised their voice in one accord. How many people were there? Maybe 20, maybe 50, maybe 100. We don't know how many people were there. But they were all together as one person. Hallelujah. That is so important. We are missing it so many times. In our praise and worship, we are missing it so many times. In our prayer, we are missing it so many times. And because we are missing it, we do not accomplish what God wants us to accomplish. I believe strongly when the praise and worship goes, the task of the praise and worship, le and worship leader is to unite whole church in saying the one thing and doing the one thing. If we are to be in one accord, then the one that is heading the mic, having the mic and leading all things should bring all people together. But how many times do we see the praise and worship leader doing his own thing and people in the church, they are doing their own thing? I'm not condemning, please, I'm not judgmental. I'm just saying that we need to come to the place where God wants us to be so He will pour His blessing upon us. If we want anointing that breaks the yokes, we need to come into unity. How many times we come to prayer... And then the man that is leading the prayer, let's say Pastor Rick is saying, let's pray for this coming election. And the person standing back is saying, oh God, I pray that you will touch my mom. You know, it's good to pray for your mom. But when we pray, we should be in one accord. And all of us should pray the same thing. And later we can pray for your mom or somebody else. You know, but when we pray, we need to come with the one voice in one accord. 
in harmony. You know, 120 people or 500 people or thousands of the people, all of them saying the same thing, praying the same thing in the same time. You see, there is something when we come into unity which releases far greater power than when we are doing these things alone. It's called synergy, and you know that. God was saying to Israelites, one of you will, will, um, uh, will chase 20 people, and then he's saying five of you, no, 100 of you, will chase 10,000 people. You see, when, uh, when, when five people chase... Well, it, it, um, sorry, let me say again. Five of you will chase 100 people, and 100 of you will chase uh, uh, 10,000 people. When you, when you take 100 people down with the five people, you get one person chasing 20 people. But when you take 10,000 people down with the 100, then you have one person chasing 100 people. Why? Because more people came in unity together doing the same thing. So, the person that, is, when, when the group is bigger and united, they release much greater synergy to accomplish much greater things. And when we come in the prayer, for example, in spiritual warfare, or when we come before God to ask for different things, we are going to be much, much more powerful when we all come together. In our praise and worship, when we are all doing the same thing in the same time, you know, through our spiritual warfare, when it is through the praise and worship, we are going to chase so much more enemies and we are going to free much, much more people. But there is this need, you know, that we will be in unity. Now, is unity a natural thing? Let me tell you, it is not. We need to work on unity. That's why in Ephesians 4.3, the Lord is saying to us, maintain the unity of the Spirit. And this is the thing, the enemy will always try to tear down unity. He will find a way. With Moses, he find a way. Miriam and Aaron have given into that. Ten people, the leaders of Israel, that was chosen to spy the land for the rest of the people, they really did not come together with God, but the enemy confused them and they brought division. We see with Korah, we see with other people that were together with him. I believe the enemy was working through them to break the unity. Because when unity is broken, you cannot accomplish what God wants for you. And it is very, very important in every aspect of this ministry, whatever ministry you have in the church, one of the major things that you have to work for is that you have the unity in that group and then collectively together to have the unity in the church. You see, we are living in the time of individualization. Everybody wants to be something else and something different. And that spirit is the spirit of this age that is fighting against the unity and it is also creeping and it's really strong in some people in the church. And that's why we have a weak churches and we have a weak believers. And apostles, they knew if we are not united as the one, we cannot succeed, we cannot come to the promised land. That's why I was saying to you, the Israelites really opened the way to conquer the promised land and take it. Once when Moses started in number 17 to teach them about God's order and the unity. And after that, they were in a such high unity that they would call the Moses my Lord. And Joshua, they called in the same way because they were uniting through Moses and through Joshua with the vision and the purpose of God. And you know, every time when they were in the unity, they easily came into the victory and the blessings that God had for them. And that's why the early church was able really to come in all that God had for them. Because God pours out His glory unto unity.
It can be personal in my life. If my spirit, soul and body are not in unity, if my emotions and my will and my understanding is not in unity, God cannot pour His glory upon my life. So I have to work on that, that all in me and about me will come in unity so God will be able to pour out the things in my life. It's not that God don't want, it's just that I'm not ready to receive it. God always wants it, but I'm not able to receive it. And for me, I need to, to come to the place where I am ready to receive it. For Israelites, they needed to come to the place where they can receive it. The early church came to the place when they can receive it. They were united. They were in one accord. They were together going for the same thing and pulling the rope in the same direction. Only when we walk in unity, we can come in our promised land. Whatever is your personal promised land. Only when you are working in unity with the Lord and with yourself, then you will come into the victory that God has for you. So, also the same goes for the church. I believe God has a purpose for every church. No church came into existence by coincidence. Every church that was started with God, God has a purpose for that. God has a plan for that. God has the victories for that church. And God has the promised land for that church. Well, the church needs to come into the place where God can bring them into that victories and the blessings. And we will all come into our inheritance when we come to the place of unity that God wants us to stay in. Hallelujah. Imagine this, you know, on the day of the Pentecost, before that, after that, they were all, so many people, even thousands of people, but they were as one soul. As one soul. As one soul. Now, I would like to ask you a question. Do you, are you together one, as one soul, with the church, uh, with this church, and the purpose that God has for the church? Or you are just, you know, well, I am here, but I am not in unity. So many things, these things happen with the people. Uh, I like the, the, the verse, I will read that again uh, uh, to you. The verse uh, 32, Acts 4, 32, it says like this. Now the multitude of, the, of those who believed were one heart and one soul. And then it speaks forward from there. Multitudes of the people, thousands of the people, they were one heart and one soul. Do we have it in the, this church? Now, this is the goal that we need to aim ourselves toward. We need to work toward this goal. To bring this unity that God has for us to be one heart and one soul. Now, first of all, we need to come in unity with God, and then we need to come in unity with, with each other. And when I am talking about this thing, you know, I am really talking about power of God and anointing of God that breaks the yokes. God pours this anointing upon the people that are united in the vision. And then the needs of the people, you know, are being fulfilled. And the supernatural easily comes out. Healing easily comes out. Thousands and thousands of people can come to salvation easily when the church comes together like we see it in the early church in the time of apostles. Why? Because they knew the truth of one soul and one heart in one accord, in a harmony, together as one people. As I said, unity is not natural. Unity needs to be built. You need to work on that. You need to put your mind and your heart to build the unity. Enemy will try to destroy that. He will try to bring division. He will try to take your heart from the vision of the church, from the leadership of the church, so you will say, oh, I need to go in some other direction. 
He wants to take you away and he wants to, to uh, sow discord in the church. And when you see it, you need to confront it. You need to stand against it and come to the place where God wants you to be. This, uh, the spirit of this age is working in a such way that is bringing these people to this hedonistic, individualistic way of living. But God wants us to bring us to another place, which is where many people stand together as one. And I don't know if you have been personally attacked by this spirit, and if this spirit was trying to pull you in another direction. I don't know, maybe you were not pulled in that direction, but maybe you are in the church, but you really did not join yourself with the vision of the church and the leadership of the church. If you have been in either position, I would like to call you to change, to come to the place where God wants you to be. Hallelujah. You need to be in the place of unity. If your heart is divided, then sooner or later you are going to go in another direction. And if devil succeeds to take you from one place, he will succeed you to take he will succeed to take you from another to another to another to another place and you will never find yourself really standing in the fullness of God what God has for you so it's very important many people don't understand it they they think okay i am just you know this united with this place now you are going to be to this united from what God has for you and if Satan has succeeded once to take you from the place where God wanted you to be, then he will succeed next time and next time and next time until you recognize and come to the repentance and allow God really to bring you and have you where he wants to have you. So I would like you to stay now, if you can, with me, please. Hallelujah. Stand, stand up. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I, I did I say stay? I'm sorry. Hallelujah. Now I would like to ask you something. And please, I'm, there is no condemnation in me. There is no judgment in me. I am not trying to do... You know, Pastor knows. He, not, didn't, he didn't tell me what to preach. I, I got this message when I was in Croatia. Um, I spoke with the pastor and I was asking him, you know, what he wants me to preach. And he let me, he opened the door for me. And, I, you know, I was seeking the Lord and I was seeking the Lord. And I did not know what to preach really. And then the Lord gave me peace to go with this message. So I believe that the Lord is merciful and there are some people that needed to hear this truth and needed to change in their lives. So I'm not condemning. I just believe that it is mercy of God and the goodness of God that is leading us to repentance. So please bow down your head and I would like to, you to be honest before God. Hallelujah. I'm asking you a question. Are you disconnected? Are you being pulled away and you are not united with the pastor, with the leadership and the vision of this church? If you are disconnected, if you are not united together with them, I beg you, please repent. Please repent. Hallelujah. Be willing to change allowed God to change you and to bring you to the place of unity because in the unity is your blessing. In unity is your victory. In unity, you will be able to grow into the things that God wants you to grow in. So, please come to the place where God wants you. Leave the old ways. Leave this unity. Throw away this individualistic, hedonistic, way of thinking and living and saying, you know, I will do the things my way, what pleases me, I will do it the way I want to do it, when I want to do it. Please throw it away. Please throw it away. Submit to the will of God and say to the Lord, Lord, I want, you to, uh, I want to do what you want me to do. 
And please, Lord, help me to connect with my brothers and sisters in the vision which you have given. Hallelujah. If you are that person that is making that change and saying to the Lord, Lord, I want to be changed. I need your help. I am disconnected, Lord God. I am not in the unity as I should be. If you are that person, please lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Lift up your hand in the place where you are. Hallelujah. I believe there are more, more people, really. If you want prayer, hallelujah. If you want prayer uh, for this situation, I would like to invite you to come forward. I believe there are many people and you are holding back and you don't want to confess that. But the Lord knows. Hallelujah. I see the hands, some hands lifted up. Hallelujah. If you want to receive the prayer, please come forward. Please come forward. Hallelujah. We need to break that. Hallelujah. There are other people. I believe other people need to come also forward. You are wandering left and right, left and right, left and right. Hallelujah. God wants to break it. Hallelujah. He wants to set you straight forward. Unity is important because there is a blessing in unity. Hallelujah. There is anointing. There is a power in unity. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Hallelujah. If you have been speaking against the leadership, if you have been murmuring against the leadership, hallelujah, the Lord wants you to, to, to uh, repent. Hallelujah. The Lord wants you really to let go of that. Hallelujah. Let go of that so He will be able really to, to bless you. Murmuring is very, very bad. Hallelujah. You need a prayer, you just come forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father, we give you glory and honor, Lord God. Hallelujah. I believe there are more people to come forward. I don't know what is holding you back. It is your will, hallelujah, and your decision. Nobody is going to force you, but there is a blessing, you know, in, in working together with God. When God speaks, we are to react. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. 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 I pray for my brother, Lord God. I pray for your will to come true, Lord God. I speak the blessing over him, Lord God. I pray that all enemy has been able to put in his soul, Lord God. I, I, I pray that it will be broken, Lord God. I pray that it will be broken, Lord God. I pray for the Spirit, Lord God. Hallelujah. That will unite him together with you, Lord God. And with your vision and with the brothers and the sisters, Lord God. I pray that he will not wander around. That he will not wander around. But he will be in the blessing that you have for him. I bless him now in Jesus' name, Lord God. I bless my brother, Lord God. Hallelujah. I release, Lord God, your anointing to break the yoke from the enemy. To break the yoke of the enemy, Lord God. And I pray for the same minds, Lord God. Same minds which are in Christ Jesus to be in him. Hallelujah. So he will be able to walk in everything you have for him. Blessing, 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 Lord God. I claim the blood of Jesus, Lord God. I claim the blood of Jesus, Lord God. Hallelujah. I release your anointing, Father, to flow through her, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for deliverance. I pray for healing, Lord God. I pray for the strength, Lord God, to work in her, Lord God. That your name will be glorified, Lord God. That she will be in your perfect field, Lord God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forgiveness, 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 Lord God. Hallelujah. Forgiveness, Lord God. We release the spirit of forgiveness, Lord God. And new beginning, Lord God. Hallelujah. New clear beginning into holiness, into righteousness, Lord God. In what is glorifying your Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, build, Lord God. Build what needs to be built, Lord God. I pray that they will be strengthened by the Holy Spirit in the inner man, Lord God, to come into the things that you have for them, Lord God. Blessing, 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 Lord God. Hallelujah. Unity, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 
I would like to pray with all of you the prayer of unity. Hallelujah. And if you would like, I would like really to ask you that you pray together with me. If you want, you can repeat after me. Heavenly Father, give me one heart and one mind with you and with my brothers and the sisters. Let me catch the vision and let the vision catch me. Let me run together with my brothers and sisters in what you have for us. Bring us into unity and bring us in your victory. I submit myself to your call, your purposes, and your vision, and your leadership. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father, for that. Hallelujah. Release it. Release it, Father. Hallelujah. The hearts of these brothers and sisters who have uh, just come up. Hang on, be seated a second. Because I feel like we're supposed to pray one more thing. Well, that's your normal Sunday morning feel-good message, ain't it? I love it. The challenge. I just tell you this: uh, a lot of the words that he spoke, uh, uh, the word or words in roundabout ways that God's been speaking into the eldership and the leadership, uh, Lord, uh, doing a work in us to change our hearts. And um, I, I will confess, you the things that uh, God is just—I feel like, like in the last year, I feel like I've been Santa flushed. You know, uh, God's reordering so much in my life and my thinking and and uh, just exposing stuff that out of disunity. You know, and here I was a, a leader. And God has just been doing phenomenal things in my own life. And I have to say that I, I really can believe this is on my heart that uh, I've never seen the leadership, the elders, in a place of unity like I've ever now before. It's really just been a true path. Just, just really one of those awesome blessings to see. And I believe we're going to see God do mighty, mighty things um, in that. It's, uh, if it's closing this out, talking about unity. Uh, I just want us to come in one mind uh, to pray for the Lord's will in our nation to come forth. Um, to God's heart for this nation. So if you could, could we all join hands, please? Let's stand and let's join hands. Cross the aisles and... Come on, Derek, come on over here. Here you go, come on. So let's, uh, let's just pray for, this, for our nation, for this election, for this week. Lord, Your Word declares if Your people who were called by Your name humble themselves and come and uh, repent of their ways. And Lord, I forgot the rest of the verse, Lord, my mind's going blank. But Lord, You promised that You would heal their land. Lord, I know it is not Your will for there to be uh, death and destruction in our land. Lord, it is not Your will for the poor to be uncared for. Lord, it's not Your will for, for Lord, so many afflictions that, uh, that come across our land, Lord. Uh, I know it is not Your will. Because, Lord, You're the one who says that, Lord, you, we tell, tell us that we can drink our fill of the rivers of Your delights. That You richly supply us with all things to enjoy. And, Lord, You're a God who longs for us to walk in Your fullness. But Lord, forgive us for the times and the ways that we have, uh, Lord, uh, gone astray. Lord, as, as citizens of this nation, Lord, of, as, as parts of the body of this church, Lord, forgive us. And Lord, we want to come with one voice and one heart right now just to lift up for this nation, Lord, that Your kingdom would come here. Lord, we know Your kingdom is righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Your kingdom is power. Lord, You are the God who, uh, 
For the foundations of your throne are justice and righteousness. And Lord, we just pray that your kingdom comes here. And Lord, permeates every facet of our existence. And Lord, we the church want to rise up and take our place, Lord, to intercede and stand in the gap for our nation. That our nation, again, Lord, would cry out for you. And Lord, that we would, in our pride, Lord, put down pride and, and say, God, we need you. We need you, Lord. If salvation is not in a political party or in a ruler or a leader, Lord, but salvation for this nation is in You. And God, we cry out for You to permeate the leaders in our land to give them wisdom and insight. But Lord, in this day, this week, Lord, You granted us the authority in this land to pick men and women to rise up and, and to stand and to make laws that are just and right. And Lord, I pray that we as a nation would do so. Grant us wisdom to see. Grant us wisdom to see. And Lord, we cry out for salvation for all men. Your word promises to pray for all kings and rulers and those in authority. And Lord, we pray, declaring over them, Lord, that your will be brought about in their lives, for it is your will for all men to be saved. So we pray it be done, Jesus. So Lord, we, uh, we just... Declare this time, Lord, that this will be a, this week will be a time, Lord, for us to declare Your will, Your will, Lord. Grant us wisdom, and each one of us, Lord, go into that place, Lord, to vote that we make a declaration of righteousness and justice and truth. So, Lord, let it be. Let it be. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. God bless y'all. Dismissed.